You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. Now we, Maureen, are sitting here in Jönköping and we have a fantastic day. Uh, I have to say I'm here with Maureen Bissigiano and uh, it's the end of May and uh, we have just finished the conference uh, uh, Energy for Movement and I got the chance to uh, borrow 15 to 20 minutes from Maureen's time to talk about coaching. Hey Maureen, uh, what, what do you think about coaching and healthcare? Well, I think it's probably one of the most important leadership jobs of the day. I can tell you that um, when I started in healthcare many years ago, um, people got promoted to leadership positions or they got promoted to supervisory positions because they were good at the clinical tasks that they undertook. And when they moved into a different position, I didn't see coaching as a part of the infrastructure, mm -hmm. as a part of the development process. Today, I think it's absolutely critical that we see the value in the intellectual capacity and in the, in the clinical skills of a person or the technical skills, but that we give them leadership coaching in how to manage people, uh, how to deal with complex situations. They're moving from seeing a patient to seeing a system and helping them to learn to see that system is the the primary function, I think, for coaching. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that you immediately start to talk about seeing uh, as something that is critical. Uh, wh how, how is seeing and coaching connected for you? Well, I think that most people um, get very good at their jobs, whether it's human resources, hiring a person, working in finance, making a budget, clinical operations, caring for patients, and we train them all through their career at looking down, looking down, mm -hmm. keeping focus, looking at the process, and getting expert at their own language, their own skills, their own daily processes. When you move into another job, you've got to see the connections between these processes. And so to me, the biggest gap is seeing the system, and I think that requires a very special coach. Mm -hmm. It requires somebody not who will tell you what to do or describe what it is, but somebody who will actually walk you through the process. To me, seeing is the critical value for understanding the system, seeing the gaps and the flaws, seeing what's good and what's not good. Um, and that's what, what helps when you move into a different yeah. role. Now, uh, what is f for you the difference between the word leadership and coaching. Uh, for me, uh, leadership has been traditionally the words that uh, were used with where some of these things that you now say are meant, sh uh, are meant to be the <laughs> behind the knowledge. But uh, what is the difference between leadership and coaching? Well, for me, I think leadership is the job that you do in leading. and. Coaching is the job that you do in helping someone be a leader. 
or a manager or just taking on different responsibilities. We've, I think in healthcare, not devoted enough time and energy to coaching. We just put someone in a leadership position and expect that they can do all these things, see the system, understand roles and responsibilities, see variation. When I walk into a hospital or a clinic, the first question I'll ask the leaders, uh, I, I ask them these four questions. The first one is, how do you know how good you are? What do you look at? Who do you talk to? Um, and how, who, how often? And who gets to see this data? Uh, in other words, what is your system for understanding quality? The second question is, do you know where your variation exists? And most leaders don't. They look at medians or averages. The third question is, do you know where you stand relative to the best? And the fourth question is, do you know your rate of improvement over time? Leadership, to me, is being able to answer those questions mm -hmm. and being able to move those numbers. But what I find is that most leaders can't do it. No. And they need coaching. Yeah. They need someone to help them to change the way that the old systems work and produce new quality results. I think if, uh, quite often the first question that you mentioned here is the, the biggest challenge because that's the step into the whole <laughs> coaching uh, process, knowing how good you are. Uh, where in your life did you find your uh, fixed points or ideas of this is how I should compare my work or my my results. How did you think about that? Well, I can think of a very early example when I became CEO of a hospital and I asked myself that question, how good are we? And so I asked the team, my senior leadership team, what do we look at? How do we know how good we are in terms of quality? They brought me in a huge three ring binder filled with reports and papers. And I said, what is this? And they said, that's the quality report. That tells us every month how good we are. A few people looked at it. It was a lot of data. And I remember sitting at my desk and going through it. And the question I was asking myself was, are we above the average line? Mm -hmm. Are we sort of, in my uh, mind, I was at least a safe zone? Yeah, good you know? enough. Good enough, exactly. Yeah. And I remember, um, one day going through the book and looking at all of our things and thinking, okay, we're, we're good. We're above average, the average line. And the next thing I did was pick up a journal article that was written by Brent James and it was describing um, infections, in infection rates in ICUs. And I remember looking at the article and his infection rates were one-tenth of mine and thinking to myself, how did I think I was okay a minute ago yeah and now and now I was very discontented so I picked up the phone and called him and said Brent you don't know me but I'm a CEO from Massachusetts and I want to know how did you get to be this good and he said um, well the first thing you have to do he actually coached me he, he stayed on the phone with me and coached yeah. me and it wasn't like read this journal article or do this he said the first thing is you have to make a, a goal. You have to decide yeah. that you want to get better. And so I said, okay, I decided. And he said, no, it's not like that. You know, he <laughs> said, you have to really look at the data. And he coached me through thinking about how to set a goal. 
The next thing was he coached me through how to set up in team. And I so was so impacted by his not telling me how to, what the number should be, but telling me how to get to that number, mm -hmm. that he actually created an enormous change in me and in my hospital. Now, Maureen, uh, after your uh, uh, work as a CEO of a hospital, you came into an organization that um, were leading the change of the world from the beginning. Uh, how did you put up targets or how did you understand how good you are in that context? How did you think then? Again, I, I didn't know, we didn't have a comparator, so I could, there was no Brent James for me to call at that point. So I made up, I made up a model that was based on kind of exploring other industries. And what I said was um, to myself is, the change we need to make in the world is huge. So we need to think about every single year growing. But I said, if we grow too quickly, and I studied other industries, yeah. I went out and I talked to people. In fact, people were coaching me to say, look at organizations that grow too fast, they collapse. So I took that into my equation. I looked at how do we set priorities? I looked at the number of people we had and I, I said, how can I coach them if we grow too quickly? So I had a formula and I said, we'll grow revenue by 10% per year. I said, we will grow people less and we will every year keep a track of the projects we were taking on. And as soon as someone else could do it or was doing it, would put it into an, a column and say, you do that and that will give us energy to take on new things. So I basically learned from other people's successes and failures and created a formula that worked. Mm. When you live in that world that is more like maybe a competitive world uh, instead of healthcare that is semi-competitive in a way because you know your patients and you know what you get and so on, uh, money-wise, uh, but the other world where you are in a knowledge organization, the coaching becomes like the sports world, that you don't have any uh, teams to compete against suddenly because maybe you are the strongest one. How do you work with the group to make them understand that there are still things to gain or to win? And That's a great question. and. I think the one thing that John Berwick and I decided early on is we, we, we said we don't have any competition. So we never looked outside at what others were doing other than to hand over things in a yeah. very generous spirit. But what we decided was that we needed to solve life-saving problems. And so the way that we would do that is building the will for change. And in a sense, this was coaching people I think so. Bring energy to Yes, work. I think so. <laughs> and so what I would do is, um, and Dawn would as well, is every week we would start our staff meeting with a story. And it would be a story of a patient or a staff member. Um, and we would tell the story. And you could just see people leaning in saying, that's a problem we can solve mm -hmm. if we come together. And then at the end, I would extrapolate to how many other people there are who are in the same situation and then talk about the human cost of this problem 
and then the financial class and you could just see people leaning into their own pot of interest yeah. and then ask how can we get people to come work as a team on this problem now i think that um, healthcare is approaching the same kind of challenges because we uh, in our ambition to uh, uh, reduce variation we put uh, professionals together that do maybe less things but instead really uh, uh, try to accelerate the results in that area uh, can what you say now bring knowledge to the next generation of care and leadership in that and what do you think about the leadership programs then what should they have to make people see that they need to redesign the leadership and bring in coaching instead in a different way what are the key things to do there? well i can tell you some of the things that i've done in terms of coaching people and when i'm bringing people on or when they're going into a new position I'm very deliberate about helping them to learn to see. As I said, I think that's an important mm. piece. Um, I think coaches everywhere can help leaders learn to see. And the way that I would do it is very, but one way as an example would be to go to a clinical site and actually ask a patient, can we walk along with you during your journey? And things that you would never notice you see when you're walking with a patient through a, an experience, whether it's a hospital stay or an outpatient visit, um, or walking with a staff person, creating a spaghetti diagram of a day, when you see the, the meaning of the work, like when you see an interaction where um, a staff member has stopped and, and provided kindness or meaning to someone, but then you see all the broken processes, yeah. that gives you a sense of what you can fix as a leader. But they don't do that without some coaching. They're not taught that. So learning to see. The second thing is learning to say. What do you say? I always tell leaders when I'm coaching them as they approach a new job, the most important thing you can do is design your first day because everybody will look at you. They'll look at your appointments, who you meet with. They'll look at what you who you, how much time you spend. Are you in the office with the door closed? Um, and they'll listen to what you say. So I think it's really important for a leader and they do need coaching because they're not taught this. How do I get across my values? And as an example, um, a, a leader may, um, on the first day of the job or in the first week, come in in the middle of the night and come into the emergency room and introduce him or herself and say, um, I'm the new whatever role they're taking on. I want to learn from you and just sit and have coffee with the staff in the middle of the night, follow them, see what's going on. I guarantee you by the change of shift in the morning, everybody in the hospital will know that a leader has come in in the middle of the night to say, I want to learn from you. When you have a staff meeting, um, if you start with a patient story, it's very different than if you start with the budget results. If you start with calling out all the defects in quality versus calling out a bright spot and then helping to close the gap, all of what we say matters. And I think one of the things that, that 
I've learned is that you can almost never communicate enough. Bob Waller coached mm-hmm. me, the chairman of Mayo Clinic, um, coached me about this when I was at starting my job at IHI. And I was asking him about that, and he said he keeps a little matrix on his desk, and it's called the 8 by 8 And he said when there's something of importance to communicate, he communicates it eight ways, eight times, and then he feels like the message yeah. has gotten across. How much is um, creativity a part of a coaching concept? Well, I think you have to understand the person you're coaching. Yes. And that requires creativity on the part of the coach. You know, I find people learn in very different ways. Some learn by listening, some mm. learn by seeing, some learn by doing. And the coach has got to be very creative in matching up his or her approach yeah. to, the, to the person that they're coaching. Uh, I think that's one way. And secondly, breaking people out of their everyday routines is critical. Yeah. That's the value of coaching is that you're not sitting in the office thinking about the same things in the same way. You're out, you're learning to see, you're learning to say, you're learning to do very different things. And it's that, that mix of that things. That mix, yeah. yeah. Do you remember from our session today, we had this word, uh, synvenda, uh, uh, seeing turn around or uh, view turn around that I think is very important in coaching that you help people to understand that there are many ways of approaching things and uh, all of them can be good it depends on how the context looks so uh, for me uh, a good coach quite often have he knows where he he's aiming but he needs different tools depending on who is he's working with or what is the purpose of that process they work within and then you come to learning i think learning uh, and you talk about learning styles now where did you learn about learning and learning styles interesting um because I can't say that word, but I agree with that word. <laughs> say the word again. Sunvenda. Sunvenda. Um, I completely agree. I guess I learned it um, that looking through different lenses. Yes. Um, basically, when Don and I were starting up at IHI, yeah. um, I remember um, when we first joined, um, there was an office and we were sitting next to each other for a few months while we were waiting to move IHI. Mm -hmm. Then very soon we moved into a a different building and we each had our own office. And we both found that there was a gap in learning from each other on an everyday basis because we were separated. So we tore down the wall and we moved our desks right next to each other. Now Dawn is a pediatrician and a researcher and um, Thinks like that, Thinks all like, like that, that all the time. And I was a nurse and a hospital administrator. Yes. And and thought like that. And so what we found we could do is we sort of coached each other. When an issue and opportunity would arise, he felt very comfortable to say, "This is what I think about it," and I would say, "This is what I think about it," and we'd go back and forth, always with generosity and respect mm. to hear the other person's point of view until we decided together what to do. 
And I think that's been an amazing um, way to think about coaching yeah. is that I listen with respect, I'm open and generous with my thoughts, and at the end, we'll, we'll define the solution together. Uh, finally, Maureen, in this, uh, at least this time, for this time, uh, you have mentioned the relationship with people in different ways. Uh, where did you learn mm -hmm. to have uh, your strong and uh, uh, such an honest approach to people as you have? How, uh, of course, life, but did you have any... I think it was my first coaching job, which was that I'm the oldest of nine kids. Yeah. And so <laughs> I had a lot of coaching experience when I was yeah. young. It was direct. <laughs> direct experience. <laughs> my brothers and sisters are all um, very different, and we love each other very much. Yeah. But it was finding how to um, create a joyous family relationship. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is um, being a nurse helped me to see the system early on, yeah. the system of the patient. And my first job was in, I, uh, in operating rooms. And um, on the side, I was a doula and helped women okay. deliver their babies. Yes. And those were two different experiences. One was much more clinical yeah. and much, one was much more human. And those two experiences helped me when I went to the next job, the ICU to understand the importance of t clinical excellence, but also the importance of caring not only for the patient's clinical needs, but the person and the family. And um, I think it's that view, what you see and what you say and what you do uh, can be coached through life experiences, but it's really helpful to have somebody help you to see in that different way. And Maureen, uh, in the our workshop today, you said that uh, Healthcare job is one of the most challenging. Can't you end this uh, talk with uh, describing why you think healthcare jobs are so challenging? Well, they are very challenging, especially right now. Um, especially for some of the clinicians, they're intellectually challenging. Keeping up with the pace yeah. of research is very tough today. They're emotionally draining because you're dealing with people who are in crisis often and they're physically challenging, uh, moving patients and equipment and mm -hmm. supplies. And when you think about that set of challenges, I really can't find another profession that's mm. so challenging. The other thing is that we're seeing change at a pace that's unprecedented. Mm. And we're needing to build a new workforce for the future. And the, the current configuration, the current job, uh, descriptions, the current numbers of people are, are not right to produce health and healthcare in the future. And so I think people are under a lot of, a, a lot of stress. Um, I think everybody wants to do a good job with some coaching and some leadership and some help and some transformational innovation. We can get there. I yeah. have no, no doubts, especially being here today at this meeting. I'm filled with hope and enthusiasm for the future, but it's going to mean change, and yep. that needs coaching. Thank you very much, Maureen. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is made by Kulturum Design and Learning Center in Sweden. <laughs>